0: Everyone, it's that time of week again. It's time for the Shellheads podcast. Um, my name is Sergio. Uh, I'm here with y- our co-host, Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? It's going quite well, Sergio. Yes, it is. How about, how's it going for yourself? Uh, fantastic. Uh, it's It's been a weird couple days in American history, but it's going pretty good. Yeah. We're here, like always, to talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, if if this is your first episode, which every episode is someone's first episode, uh, welcome. We are glad you're here. The, the, we we typically have a main topic, which we'll get to in about 10-15 minutes, give or take how long uh, this next segment's going to last. But lately, we've been throwing it directly into Turtles news every week. And somehow, every week, we scrounge up at least a little bitty pieces here and there. Jeff what are our
1: news topics this week first up for our news uh the tmnt smite battle pass is now available uh on yeah. all your formats that it's available on playstation 4 xbox probably pc as well mm-hmm. um that bundle will set you back uh 24.99 yeah, we 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 talked about this extensively uh, with Re- Reality Breaches,
0: Reed Walker last week, and and he he really educated us on what exactly Smite is. So check that out.
1: Yes, and we've got some uh, some figure news: the 1990s movie Splinter and a movie Shredder two pack should be in your local Walmart's right now. That's th- there's no way that's true. It's yeah. not gonna. It's, no, should be, I said should not. be. It came out uh, I, on, they came out on eleven two. It's not. I promise you, they're not there. Well, I'm just reporting what was relayed from Nick. <laughs> so uh, don't shoot the messenger. L- l- last time I was in a Walmart, Emphasis and I was looking on at their.
0: Should be. That's why okay. I said. Hey, hey, we can only we can only take them for their word, which has been garbage so far. So who knows? <laughs> uh i I, i've been in the last three times i've been in walmart there there were none of the two packs except for a whole bunch of foot soldiers well yeah you got to put your army together like a whole bunch like you you can stop by our local walmart and buy eight foot soldiers right now should you choose to do so and you should no i don't know about all that what else what, what else do we have in news
1: uh well of course the um the Toka and Rezar 2-pack will be coming sometime this month. Um, but That's that right, will be,
0: be shipping.
1: Shipping, yes, through the uh, the NECA uh, website.
0: Yes, uh, that you cannot purchase, I don't believe. Nope. Uh, no, it's it's like the pre-order closed a while back. I got me a pair. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they turn out, see how they arrive. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited. Despite not liking those characters, I'm excited to have the figures. Because I don't yeah. think I've ever owned a Toka and Razar figure or Razar figure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, and the uh, – well, probably by the time our listeners hear this, the uh, Fathom Events has put the uh, original 1990s film back in theaters because, you know, what else are people going to watch right now? <laughs> it's so
0: odd because I don't think they had announced this Fathom event two weeks ago when we recorded. Yeah. Uh, so, so they like announced it when we posted the episode and I was like, Oh, we can talk about this next time around. But by the time we record, which is today, the fourth, the fathom event is tomorrow. Yeah. So I I don't think anyone who hears this is going to be able to, uh, to really take advantage of it. But unless you edit the crap out of the episode tonight, (laughs) Hey, Hey, I'm probably not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's like it's really cool. Let me see if there are other, any other dates announced. Cause, okay, it's tomorrow, Friday and Saturday. So if I get this up by Saturday, which I'm sure I will, you may want to check your your your, your times because you might be able to watch the 30th anniversary event of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in theaters. I think in, for the first time in 30 years. Yeah. I'm I'm probably gonna be taking my daughter. Yeah. So. We'll see if she has any interest in watching it. She may just fall asleep next to me, but That's that'd be par for the course for your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hope hopefully she's like, Hey, are those real turtles? I'm like, No, they're just dudes in suits. You know. But Don't shatter that. Don't don't shatter her. <laughs> Don't do that. Or Or she's gonna see them and be like, Oh, so this this is the movie that all those dumb figures are from, Dad. Like, that yeah, sounds yeah. like
1: something your child would say.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So uh, hopefully, hopefully I can get this up quick enough for for you to capitalize on that. But uh, other than that, uh, that should about do it for our news. One one little piece of not not turtles news, but just just turtles uh, stuff for me. So I, I don't know if you've seen the, the 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 Funko what are they the the Funko Funko soda 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 can figures. I, I love those figures. Uh, they're adorable. I pre-ordered the, the, the first one that was announced, which was, was Leonardo. Hmm. And a few weeks back, I got it in the mail. And I don't know why my idiot self thought it actually came with
1: soda. <laughs> well, I mean, it does come in a freaking soda can.
0: Like, I thought it was like a can of soda that comes with a figure next to it. Like, I, I thought it was one of those things like, oh, you you can drink this and it'll taste like, I don't know, garbage blueberry. But... You wouldn't want to drink it because it's a collector's item, blah 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 blah. But no, it's just a figure that is housed in a soda can. That's kind of funky. It's, real, this, dumb. It, it's it real, is, real dumb. It's real, real dumb. Is Funko. So. That's true. That's that's very true. Uh, I sent I since then have gotten the 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 shredder one. Yeah. Uh, I've I've also pre-ordered, I believe, Donatello and Michelangelo. Uh, oh, Mikey was up for pre-order now. I'll, I'll get I, that. I, I think he is. Uh, it's they're, they're really trick trickling out the pre-orders on that stuff.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Really hoping we get Crying Android Body figure.
0: <laughs> that's unlikely. I'm sure, I'm sure we're gonna get. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get Raphael, which is not for pre-order yet. And I'm sure we'll get Rocksteady, but beyond
1: those six, we might be asking a bit much. He or no, be... we also have Shredder, so that's seven. Yeah, I mean, of course he'll have to be bigger than the other figures a little bit, but but then he won't fit in the soda can, Jeff. Let's make a bigger soda can.
0: No, th- then then why are we even doing this? Okay, now if see, the soda see, can you... can be any
1: size, why are we doing this? Here's where your logic is flawed. They're making an an Aku one from Samurai Jack, and he's bigger than he's got the freaking horn thing sticking out, so that's got to be a bigger soda can. Like I hope it's not. It is. Has to be. It doesn't have to anything. It has to be bigger to fit his
0: giant head up in there. No, no, that 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 I'm looking at that figure. I'm sure that thing is the same size. Product size. It is four and a four point two five inches. Michelangelo is going to be four point two five inches. Well, that's the same size, Jeff. What about the width? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Come on. I, he's Richard, not a fat Richard. Aku.
1: Oh, he's huge.
0: No, no, no. They just scaled him down. He's going to fit in. The, like the idea is for you to have like a nice sixer of these soda cans on your collectible shelf yeah. and all of them looking the same. Maybe maybe I'm crazy. Oh, now, well, now that we're done with news, um, there something huge happened since the last time we talked, Uh, the, the last Ronin came out or at least book one of the last Ronin came out indeed it did uh did, did you read it jeff yes i did <laughs>
1: you 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 seem uh you y- you seem happy imagine folks this giant huge happy joker grin on my face um wow <laughs> Of course, we're not going to give you any spoilers because we want you to also have a giant freaking huge grin on your face, and I, I can about guarantee that you will.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as Jeff said, I, I don't, don't feel like you have to skip over this or turn off the podcast. We're not going to spoil anything at all. Because uh, we're not jerks. Right, right, and, and we, want, we want your experience to be pure. Uh, but what I will say is that I had expectations coming into this book. And so far it is meeting and exceeding those expectations. I had none. Uh no, I, I definitely had some. Because the, the, bu- the book the book comes comes with some baggage. What is uh, that baggage, Sergio? Uh well if if you haven't heard, uh The Last Ronin is a mini it's 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 a it's a five issue series from IDW that is kind of a holdover from the uh, from from like the original Mirage days. It's a a story concept that Eastman kind of stumbled into when he was going through some boxes in his Ninja Turtles dungeon, I I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, And it was a story that both him and Peter Laird worked on and were, you know, they kind of had had plans on releasing it as a Mirage book, say 25, 30 years ago. It never happened. It got shelved, and it's just kind of been sitting in a warehouse or in a, in a, in a storage room since then. Uh, it's since been unearthed, and he gave it to IDW. IDW was like, yeah, just, it's a really good idea. Let's actually hammer out a script. And, and, and they, they they got Tom Waltz, who is the who for the first hundred issues of the IDW run, was the main writer. Him and Eastman were the main writers on the IDW book, which me and you are very big fans of. Yeah. So— with Tom Waltz on board to put a script to a story that was previously written or at least framed up by the original duo, Eastman and Laird, like, it has expectations attached to it. Well, of course. You, like, you're expecting this to be – it's like, oh, oh, this is genius. Oh, wow. And then when you hear the story premise, it's it, it's – it even adds more expectations because the story premise is that there's one surviving Ninja Turtle, and this is him in a kind of a a, a futuristic world, uh, and he he has I guess taken on the moniker the Last Ronin, and that that right there has 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 wet everyone's appetite at, at least enough for the sales to kind of be off the charts. Yeah. Uh, what did IDW say it was the the, the first the very very first printing. Has exceeded 130,000 copies. Jeez. And there's uh,
1: like 71 different variant covers for the first book. I ain't getting all those. But if you guys want to get out there and do that, more power to your wallet. That
0: that is an adventure. Um, And the the, book one is in stores now. Well, if you can find it, it's in stores now. Uh, Second printings and – or second and a special printing are coming uh, in December if you missed it. Uh, I'm sure it's available on digital digital platforms. Uh, if you like Ninja Turtles, if you if you like Ninja Turtle comics, I would definitely pick it up because it's a story that we've never seen before, told from a perspective we've never seen before, and just knowing that both Eastman and Laird have their fingers on this just makes it really, really, really exciting. Oh, most definitely. Not to the... mention, it's really good so
1: far. Yes. The vibe that I get from it, like, I'm a big, like, one of my all-time favorite Batman stories is The Dark Knight Returns, and it has kind of that, the art kind of feels a little bit like it, sort of, Um, and I get that kind of like Batman Beyond futuristic type feel slash Samurai Jack edge to it, like, just combining all of those in, like, a beautiful just kind of melting pot um whether or not those were any influences at all, but that's just the feeling that I got like from the colors and just how you know the the it's all laid out I guess the last
0: thing i want I wanna leave everyone with is if you're interested and you're tangentially connected to any kind of turtles forums or turtles uh Facebook groups or you know Twitter feeds you need to read it now because people are being jerks like and spoiling it the the book has major spoilers you need to read it now at least book 1 and then then you know then decide if you want to go on with the with the story but but don't let it's the internet sh- ruin r- yeah don't let the internet ruin this for you go ahead and read it now uh and uh, you know and then come back to it once the other books come out yeah uh but that uh, that's not necessarily news it's more of just a hey here's an update but let's let's jump to our our, our main topic uh jeff me we we we've been reading comics this week we have and um i i i made you read a, a set of comic books that halfway through i had immediately regretted making you read i regretted
1: i regret you making me read them too the, the, this was a this was a rough rough adventure that we took the past two weeks yeah um
0: what what, what we what we're reading is uh, now this is going to take some explanation, so so bear with me. So, in the original Eastman and Laird Mirage Run, the series was started by Eastman and Laird proper. They, they were writing and doing the art for every single issue. As the as the series went on, went on the turtles' popularity spiked, and they had to sh- basically stretch their efforts between four or five different projects. Uh, by the time the late eighties, early nineties arrived, they did not have very much time to dedicate to their, their original flagship book. So what they did is they kind of farmed it out. Uh, they farmed it out to a lot of hired guns, uh, like people who actually worked for Mirage, like a, like a Michael Dooney or, a or, um, who else worked on these? Steve, Steve Levine, mm-hmm. Uh, and and even in in specifically these books that we that we that we read here, um, farm them out to compl- full on third parties. Uh, that th- there are two two different stories specifically in the run that we read that are very very different from what you'll find in the normal Mirage run. However, these are numbered books in the technical you know, Mirage Volume 1, which makes reading them chronologically very confusing. Yeah. Uh, So that's why we didn't do it. We didn't read all of Volume 1 chronologically. We broke it up based on uh, the established IDW continuity. And when I say IDW, it's because what they did is they took all of the books that were Eastman and Laird proper books. So like, uh all the 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 ones where they go to outer space or when when they they go to another dimension the 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 uh return of the shredder the death of the shredder uh the return to new york the whole new th- northampton arc uh and city at war all of those are considered proper original ninja turtles canon all of these secondary books uh, like numbers. Let's see, what numbers do we have here? It, what we're reading, what what we read this time was numbers thirteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty, and twenty-two through twenty-eight. Uh, those are kind of seen as non-canon, even though a lot of them could fit into the canon without there being any kind of uh conflict. But they just aren't seen as proper Eastman and Laird books. Was it? Was that? Did that make it less confusing, Jeff? I'm not confused at all. That was great. Fantastic. Um, so we read 10 books and most of them, th- th- there's there's a few actual like there, there's a couple of arcs in, in, in here where the same artist does two or three books. And some of them get really weird, like specifically the stuff done by Mark Martin is really, really weird. Without further ado, let's jump into these volume one books, Jeff. All right. Do we have uh, to? Like i'm 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 getting the I'm getting the vibe that that you weren't into these books uh
1: some of them yes some of them I it was like wow what 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 drugs were these people on when they did these yeah uh, yeah, it must have been some like crazy drug cocktail yeah, some of them are quite weird all right the first book we're going
0: to uh go over is number thirteen uh, this is a book written and uh, written and drawn by yes, the art and story by Michael Dooney, my um, favorite Turtles artist. Really? From yes. Oh, OK. OK. Uh, I do like I, I do like some Dooney work like he, he does really good work. Uh, I, I, I don't know if his strong point is writing, but he, he does do some good, good looking work. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's called The People's Choice. Uh, the turtles are hanging out in Northampton, uh, they find an abandoned building, uh, they're just hanging out, being teenagers, and then it explodes.
1: Like old buildings do. Yeah, it just
0: explodes. Uh, and they find out that the reason it explodes is because a
1: alien spaceship crashed into it? Mm. Or, it a, oh, wait, no, it was a weird giant... It looks like a mech, yeah, like a space robot mech robot thing. Yeah. In it was
0: uh was it was a was a lady was a curvy lady. It was it was a sexy lady. Uh, or or a Dooney girl is is that, that's a thing, right? Michael Dooney has that. He does enjoy drawing the female form. That is correct. He, he he has a a blog. It's just called Dooney Girls. I think is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, of course uh, the turtles fighter. They quickly find out that she has no qualms with them, and she explains where she's from and that she's running for uh, basically to be queen of her planet or her solar system or wherever she comes from. Uh, And she's in the middle of a fight to win an election. The person that she's fighting shows up very shortly after in search of her, and then they fight. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of really cool – um, bad guys that arrive with the the uh, the other sexy lady. Uh, let's see, what are the, what are the names of these? Johanna is the name of the uh, the first one to arrive. The quote unquote evil one. Uh, her name was I think Moira. Is it Moira? M O R I A H. Is that Moira? That sounds about right. But uh, she brings some some larger-than-life, big, like, monsters with her. One of them is, like, this eel-looking thing, and one of them is, like, a block looking thing. Um, one of them is, looks like, looks kind of like, what's his name from A ah, Real Monsters?
1: Oh, oh, man, you're killing me. It's been all since i watch that show. Yeah, um, not
0: not Ickis, not Oblina. The
1: crumb. one with the eyeball? Oh, the one, yeah, the one with he has the eyeballs in his hands? Yeah, except he
0: doesn't have his eyeballs in his hands. He just kind of looks like Crumb.
1: Yeah. Um or a giant killer tomato.
0: That too. Yeah. Yeah. So the the fight happens, the turtles take care of the uh they they, they kind of take care of the the monsters that she brings through, leaving the fight between the two ladies, between the two ladies. Uh even to the point to where uh Johanna does not allow them to interfere once it's one on one. Uh and speaking of one on one, and and this this make it a little PG-13 and I apologize but page 25 specifically page 25 the very first panel is a very provocative pose like so much so that I had to like double take to make sure that they were fighting I see oh yeah yeah I I was like whoa what is what's happening there but but they were fighting Dooney just got very uh happy that they were fighting let's just put it that way ultimately, uh, the good lady wins. She, she, she marks the, the bad lady, uh, with, with, like, this brand on her face to tell her people that she won the, the election, and turtles end up being able to send, you know, they didn't get to say goodbye, but she, she left, and zeno you know, the story, like, this, this book has very little to do with the Ninja Turtles. It does. And, this entire ten-book run, I felt there were so there were many stories that had very little to do with the Ninja Turtles. Like I, I, I felt like Michael Dooney had this idea of an election that has to be won by a battle between two hot chicks, and he was like, "How do I fit this into the turtle stuff? What if they crash land in Northampton?" And then that's what he ran with. Yeah. Um. I I, I guess the 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 big question
1: is, is this one of the books you liked, Jeff? It, it is mainly because I like Dooney's art, and it was just, you know, it was just a simplistic story. Yeah. Um, and I just, I really love his
0: art. Yeah, his his art's good. Uh, I I don't know what it is about this book specifically. It feels old. Yeah. Like it feels older than the the early Peter uh, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman stuff. Right. I, I don't know if it's because of Dooney's art or if he's trying to evoke a really old style or if, if the way he draws ladies is just really old looking. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I really liked the, the monsters that came down. Oh yeah. I, I feel like monsters in books and, 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 and television shows is always a, a, a strength mm-hmm. of the Ninja Turtles. And this book is no different. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I, I don't I don't have much of anything for this story. Like whatever, this isn't a turtle story. This is might as well be a crossover. It feels like a crossover.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, there was one nugget, uh, that I did notice when you see that weird looking eel guy. Um, mm-hmm. they say it's like, geez, it's a freaked out Herculoid from the old Hanna Barbera cartoon with those weird gelatinous looking like. Creatures.
0: Herculoid?
1: Yeah. I don't don't remember what a Herculoid is. Yeah. It's an old school, old school one. Like, almost like a prehistoric type. Oh. Wow. Wow, Jeff. When you say old school, you you really mean it. Did you look it up? Yeah. Herculoids is from the 1960s. Yeah. They reran that stuff all on freaking Cartoon Network. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, fun that, lo- that looks like a like a like a boomerang joint to me.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I I don't really have much else to say except it's it's it is good to see that at this point Mirage is comfortable handing the book over to people and that they do have people in house to do that with. I don't feel like this is a great example of it, but it's it's cool that it exists. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay, we 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 agree on something, Jeff. Yeah, we've agreed on stuff before. Yeah, not you're much. There, here and there. Not much. Uh, the next book that we that, that we read is number sixteen, and this is where it gets real weird. Uh, this one is—I don't even think it has a name. This one is uh, simply called a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles story by Mark Martin. And I'm not familiar with Mark Martin's other work. I, I don't know where they they got him from, uh, but I do understand that he is he was an indie artist in the late 80s and early 90s. He he might even still work. I don't know. Um, but his style and his writing his, his writing style and his artistic style is very different from every anything we've seen in the Mirage book to date. Mm-hmm. Would would you say that is true? Yes, 100%. This story. Starts with a little girl saying, let me tell you a story, which is funny that like, that's how tales of the teenage Ninja Turtles start. Let me tell you a story. And this little girl basically time travels to where the Ninja Turtles are. The turtles are, uh, getting back a someone, someone's purse that was stolen, even though that's not what turtles do. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. Um, that's what when, cartoon uh, turtles do. That, but it's still not. They're not. They're not heroes. They're, they're well. They're not superheroes, Jeff. They don't go on a troll. I know. But in the eighties
1: cartoon, they were.
0: Not. No. not. N- no. Kind of. Uh, they, probably more so, but no. Yeah. Uh, and at, right after they do that, this little girl shows up in this giant white cube, and and, and basically shows up to tell them thank you. For something they haven't done. She gives them big hugs. Names them all. uh, Keeps calling Leonardo Leon. uh, (laughs) And then realizes that she showed up too, too early. But thanks them anyway. And gets back in her. Giant white cube. And disappears. Moments later another white cube shows up. And a tiny little. Weasel monster guy. Pops out of it and starts chatting with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and explaining his story. Explaining how his parents lost their job, uh, or no, his parents, his his dad had this idea to make a, a soda company, but it didn't work out, and they were broke, so they, his dad had to take a a, a job at a chemical plant, and because of the radiation and the chemicals, the, the, the baby that they had in the the, you know in utero was affected by the chemicals causing it to be born like this little weasel monster guy uh and the little weasel monster ran away he ran away and his parents were shocked that he was born that way but didn't really go after him because he's a little weasel monster and who wants a little weasel monster i think that's that's what happened right basically yeah yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, turns out the little weasel monster is pretty smart, and he immediately went uh, in. He created this time machine that is the giant white cube, with the plan that he would use the time machine to go back in time and stop his father from taking the job that had the chemicals. Therefore, he would he. Or she, I guess. It's actually a she. Uh, she would be born normal. Which is where his this, this little weasel monster's uh, adventure with the turtles happens. The turtles re- kind of just walk him to his parents' house. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. The turtles walk him to his parents' house. Her to her parents' house. And they explain to the parents not to take that job. By the end of the story... We actually see the character transforming into a little girl, the same little girl from the beginning of the book, and the book closes with the little girl saying, let me tell you a story. Like, it loops back around. Yeah. Like, standalone, that's a pretty neat story. Yeah. Like, I remember really enjoying this the first time I read it. But just like the last book we read, this has very little to do with the Ninja Turtles. Yet again. Almost nothing to do with the Ninja Turtles. They could lift out of this, and the story would be no different. Yeah. What what, what are what are your thoughts on this thing? What, this this weird
1: thing. Uh, uh, I'm speechless. Like this was probably <laughs> one of the most bizarre freaking things I've ever read. Like, it seems like when I was trying to like go and find back issues of turtles and it might've been something I picked up and looked through and I'm like, Whoa, this is not Ninja Turtles. <laughs> 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 what is this? And so I didn't end up picking it up. Um, and that could be said for like a lot of the other stuff that was just kind of strange and oddball. Um, Cause I got into comic, you know, collecting, you know, super late and it wasn't really, you know, my big thing. Of course, I would pick one up here and there just to, you know, enjoy, um, you know, whenever. But and since then, you know, started getting the books and stuff. But, yeah, this was just really freaking weird. Um, a lot of, like, mock product placement. Um yeah. I did like at some point how it was mentioned. I was like, oh, hey, she, mentioned, she mentions a Turtles comic book. And they're like, what? He's like, you're the Ninja Turtles. He's like, you know who we are. Amazing. He's like, I've i I've, I've seen some of your comic books. Uh, He's like, what? What comic? Like, what comic books? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? That's Honestly, funny. that's my favorite part. I do actually rather enjoy the art in this. I do kind of like how the turtles look, um, especially when the the cube lands, uh, the second cube lands, and you see the Weasel Monster, and like their their reaction is just. Just, yeah, it's just, it's it's a nice little panel. Um. That is a really cool panel. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, like, I don't hate
0: the art. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like the story that Mark Martin is telling here is way longer than a, what, a 48-page book or 32-page book or however long this thing is. He packed so many words into this book. This book t- took forever to read. Yeah. It really did. And... Very little happens. It's 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 such a weird thing. And this book right here is the first of a lot of really, really weird books. We don't even get into the weirdest ones on this podcast. I I, I feel like and this this may just be conjecture for me, but I, I feel like like in the late 80s and early early 90s, this was like at the peak of of artist and creatives trying to own their own uh, properties. You know, it's it's, it's them trying to take the power back, artist rights and whatnot. And the Eastman and Laird up front were very much like, "You, you should own what you create. You should own what you create. And them putting all of these indie artists in the Turtles books is kind of them saying, we support you, we support you, we support you. And for a long time, the writers and artists of these books that are not technically canon books retained the rights to those stories. Like Mark, Mark, Mark Martin, when he originally did this story, I think he retained those story rights to it, hmm. which is bizarre in the comic book world. That is bizarre. Uh, since then, you know, whether it was during the Peter Laird buyout or the Nickelodeon buyout, all of the, he, those rights were bought up, and now they belong to Nickelodeon because this has been reprinted by by IDW. But I, I I feel like their insistence on the book existing, even if they're not working on it, and we're gonna put all these weirdos on it. I I don't like, like using the phrase weirdo, but these are weird books, and it feels like it's on purpose. Well, see, Gonzo's a weirdo, so that's okay. We don't mean it in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's I, I feel like they're like. We will let you get as weird as you absolutely want on this. That's the purpose. That's why we want to do this. And this this book is the first example of it. Next up is book number eighteen. Uh, th- this one is, uh, this one's called The Shell of the Dragon. Uh, it's by P- Kevin Eastman and Mark Bode. Is it Mark Bode or Bo- Body? Bo- Bode. It's like, I-, I would say Bode. It's Bode. Yeah, Mark Bode. And there's a whole long front piece of, of, by Kevin about how much he lo- you know, loves working with Mark Baudet. Actually, there's there's an apostrophe there. So ah, it's Baudet. Okay. Mm, yeah. Interesting. And I, I'm just going to be honest we, with with our listeners here. This book is a mess. Just top to bottom. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it suffers from the, 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 the whole... Eastman has trouble carrying a narrative vibe, but it's tough. Uh, the the, the t- in it, the turtles are visiting Japan. Apparently, that is Japan, right? Or is it China?
1: I don't know. You tell me. Um. Well, I mean, they've got the fan hats. Like they don't even actually they don't actually say it, but I mean, it's 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 an homage to to Bruce Lee. So I'm gonna go ahead and say China. Okay. All right. That works. They're visiting China
0: uh for no reason. They, like they aren't really given much of a reason as to why. Uh and they very quickly stop some guys from vandalizing a restaurant. Turns out those guys are in a gang uh and very quickly this guy shows up to help them uh and and he thanks them for 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 stopping the vandal the vandals. Uh, and this guy's name is called Ch- he's Chang Lee Chang Lee not Bruce Lee Chang Lee Chang Lee little on the nose we find out very very quickly that the, the there is a basically a a gang that is trying to force the restaurant owner that they were vandalizing force, forcing him to use additives to their food so it's less <laughs> healthy
1: Sure, why not?
0: Yeah, like let's see. It says no MSG, nitrates, cereal. Like they, they 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 wanted they want all the local restaurants to use their additives, and they're going to use their mob muscle to do so. Ridiculous. The turtles <laughs> and Chang Lee end up fighting the the uh the, the gangsters and kicking them out of the store. Gang guys are like, this isn't over. They go back to their. Their their leader and say hey well, we we weren't able to do what you asked we uh and they have these four green ninja guys and f- from from there we we then meet what looks like uh, is this a like a wrestling champion basically that's what the yeah like his his name his name is Buff Nordic <laughs> <laughs> he
1: could and, be a Buff Nordic. But he's, is he Nordic? I don't know. He's bald. <sighs> but he looks Buff like Nordic, a crunked, like Patrick Stewart.
0: He really does. Yeah. Yeah. Or 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 maybe like a, a – he looks kind of like The Rock. A little bit. A little, little bit. bit. Um, a little, little bit. We find out very quickly that, that while Buff Nordic is very famous and, and, and lives a very opulent lifestyle, he has a phobia of turtles. And it's not really a phobia, it's more it, it just they get he gets very angry because he he had a traumatic experience falling into a a turtle pen at the zoo and I don't it's so ridiculous. How traumatized would you be, really? Well, the turtles the turtles are staying at their motel and they see that someone had set uh, Hu Shang's the restaurant on fire. They then spend the next two days fixing it which Chang Lee uh, two days it,
1: two days was it two days it was two days two yeah. days two it days. takes way longer than that to build everything back <laughs> working round the clock hey they got that the ninja skill uh,
0: eh. the turtles then vow we're gonna we're gonna take care of this and them and Chang Lee show up at the, the mob boss's. Ch- I don't know stronghold and they ask for bean curd the leader of the do we have to go over the rest of this do we really have to <laughs> yes there's, there's a fight they end up having to fight nord like what's what's his name nordic buff, no, buff nordic buff nordic they they win the, the they end up beating up the inspector gadget looking guy too i think <laughs> and uh, chang lee does his best bruce lee impression and then happily ever after they end up eating food at who shangs and they defeat the bad guy get this book off of my screen (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: such trash trash what do you how'd you feel about it jeff you know (sighs) I've never quite experienced any type of story where food additive thugs um, are are a thing. Uh, it's like you must use MSG. It's
0: it's 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 like
1: gangster anti hipsters. I I I don't I don't get it,
0: man. I don't.
1: This is definitely one of the weirdest ones, and I thought the the you know the freaking time cube thing one was weird. Um, At least
0: the time cube one was charming. Yeah. This one isn't charming. It's not it like it's not weird enough to have like a niche to it. It's just poorly written with oddly named characters that, whose behaviors
1: are hard to really explain. Yeah, and I don't quite understand why the turtles are, you know, dressed in Chinese garb with the the fan hats and weird markings on their chests um i don't know man
0: i i don't like this book i don't like that we're still talking about this book
1: but i have a few more things to say okay go ahead go ahead go ahead i just want to prolong your suffering longer go ahead no i just want to prolong your suffering i'm sorry um (laughs) no that's that that's about all i got yeah the 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 real crime is how many times this book
0: has been reprinted so (laughs) like it was printed in original black, black and white, and then they re they reprinted it. Mirage reprinted it in color, as if it was like an important book.
1: I do remember seeing the cover probably at some point, but yeah. I don't ever remember picking it up. It might be here somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't know. Let, let's move on. Number twenty-two. We do, but before we do that, we do get a nice dedication at the end of Bruce Lee. So. Like,
0: if you're reading that, just skip to the end. Read that dedication and move on, right? Yeah. Is is, is that what we, we've learned? Yes. Okay. All right. So, let's move on to number 22. This one is yet another story by Mark Martin. And it's a direct sequel to the, the previous Time Cube story. So this book, I, I think it should be noted that the, the book number number 22 it's the first time that the turtles have the wrong color masks or at least black, one of them does in black and white mm, well it, it will in mirage oh yeah oh on the cover yeah on the cover okay I have to say, we I have like, a, a purple clad donatello which come on mark martin Or even more more importantly, come on, Mirage team, allowing – how do you allow that to happen? It is kind of weird. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, The Turtles, upon their arrival back at April's apartment, they find a bomb threat on the door. They're searching the apartment. Uh, only to find that the bomb is in the television. Because when they turn on the TV, a giant missile comes out of it and blows up the apartment,
1: like bombs do. Yes. Uh,
0: presumably killing all of the Ninja Turtles. Fantastic start to a book. Uh, then there's some really there's a really cool t- technical difficulties page, which I like a lot.
1: Uh, That's probably my favorite panel.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. It's really cool. Do not adjust your comic book. We're experiencing technical difficulties. Um and then our little our little friend from the last Mark Martin book, uh who I don't think had a name in that book. In this one we learned very quickly that her name is Dale what is it, Dale Dale Evans McGillicuddy. Wow. What a name. What a name. Sounds like something from Dr. Seuss. Yeah dale evans mcgillicuddy she you know returns to her time and just kind of assumes hey everything's going to be normal now which means that this time machine has to disappear because in the time stream i never invented it because i destroyed that version of me uh also i fixed the past you know whatever well she comes back only to find this onion monster guy uh eating cookies uh and, and he's There from another dimension or he claims he's there from another dimension uh, to save Earth from itself. He talks Dale Evans into going back in time to save the Earth because humanity has lived such a a a harsh and tragic existence over the past millennia or, or no millions and millions of years that. Ultimately, they bring upon their own downfall through the violence in the culture. It's an interesting, fantastic way to, you know, convince someone of an argument, right? Yeah. So so Dale Evans McGillicuddy jumps into her time machine and goes back millions of years ago to give Homo habilis a easier existence. Now, she's having her own little adventure In her timeline, the Turtles, who have been destroyed by a rocket, wake up with their brains in appliances. Why not? Why not? The appliances are now sentient and are talking to Splinter, who is not weirded out because he's the one who put them there. Apparently, Splinter has the ability to not only heal dead turtle bodies in he doesn't give any any like he doesn't show his process at all as to what he's doing there he also has the ability to transfer their consciousness and brain and thoughts into inanimate objects why not sure Sure. (sighs) they then go on a quick like four page adventure four or five page adventure as appliances where they go out in public to track down the guy who they believe put the bomb in April's apartment. They find him. He's bill, the TV repairman. repair man. Like Beavis. He, he does look like Beavis. Uh, they find out that he kind of has a crush on April. And the reason he planted a bomb in her TV is because she wouldn't go out with him.
1: That sounds about par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so the turtles attack
0: him as appliances. He then mobilizes his his giant TV that has arms and legs to fight the turtle appliances. Uh, it's 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 so weird. Okay, th- let's cut back to McGillicuddy. She is helping Homo, Homo habilis. She like live a more comfortable life. She brought back a recliner and a mask to scare away predators and. Are are those cats? He brought brought him cats.
1: Uh, no, or, I'm sorry, um, pu-
0: no puppies. I'm sorry. Puppies, puppies. Yeah, brought him puppies, so he he's happier. Basically, just giving him modern comforts in the uh he, he, in in prehistoric times. He McGillicuddy then comes back to the future to find out that she was tricked by the onion monster. The the, the onion monster's purpose was to soften up the human race so they would be easier to take over. And by sending McGillicuddy back in time to appease this one Homo habilis uh, caveman who was having a bad day, made future humans weaklings. Yeah. The turtles are now magically turtles again. They don't really explain how it happened, except that it was Splinter, and he was like, here you go, your bodies are back, congratulations. April was watching... April was watching Pee Wee Herman, uh, Pee -Pee Wee's Playhouse, and the secret word of the day was turtle.
1: Ah!
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. Oh, oh, no, that's not it. The very end of the book, the turtles just magically turn back into baby turtles. Why not? And that's where they leave us with a stay tuned like this is there's going to be a third act to this nonsense. Whew. So
1: I what'd you think of this? All the drugs. It's all the drugs, man. One giant cocktail. This this whole thing is a fever dream, dude. Oh man. Where do you come up with a weird flippin' story like this? Like <laughs> just maybe all the alcohol too? In addition
0: to the drugs? I don't I don't know. I don't know. But but again, the Turtles part of this story, you could lift it out. Yeah. With zero consequence to the rest of the story. Like, clearly the McGillicuddy storyline is the A plot here. Yeah. And while I'm digging the McGillicuddy stuff, like, it's, it's odd and it's quirky. And it, clearly Mark Martin has a style that he's leaning into. And I respect that and I like it. The Turtles part of this is just a little too off the wall for me to get behind. Yeah. Especially when you're just giving splinter like powers that he's never had before. That's very odd. Yeah. Um, I do like Mark Martin's work. Like it, this, these are fun reads. They're kind of hard to read because they're so long and so many words and there's so much, so many explanations and, and, and you, you have to pay close attention to what's going on because if you don't, Two pages later, you have no no idea what's going on. Mm. But at least they're fun.
1: Yes, I, I I will agree with that. Yeah. Um.
0: What nuggets pro- did you find?
1: Probably one of the weirdest panels is is when um. Like McGillicuddy and the monster are looking out the window, and you see into this alley. It says Cooter Products Company. I'm like, what? <laughs> Produce? Produce? Okay. It looks Co- like it says it looks like it says Product Company. So, no, it's it's Cooter Produce Company, okay. which I think yeah. that's even worse. That is even worse. <laughs> but there's that's not the worst part of this. There's a radioactive tanker truck, and out the back of it is spilling radioactivity. There's a kid playing with a a, a paper sailboat. In 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 the radioactive waste, and there's a dog that's licking it up, and then, then for some reason, because why not, there's a child holding a gun and it's saying bang bang, and then there's some like two guys in the alley like exchanging goods. It, <sighs> oh, that's, that that that's not even the the, the worst part.
0: No, the uh, again with the PG thirteen stuff like written like graffitied on the wall behind the tanker truck it says legalized rape
1: oh my god
0: yeah yeah like this this whole panel is a living nightmare
1: <sighs> pro and pro nukes i was like well, just wow yeah yeah just no i'm not i'm not okay with any of that uh, yeah i didn't even it's... notice that part oh yeah Jeez. And, and and I guess that's, that's what the Onion
0: monster was... It, here, hey, McGillicuddy, look at how bad things are outside. And then it's the most tragic t- t- comic book panel that's ever been drawn. I'm inclined to agree. So, man. Um, I, it's such a weird... Again, such a weird story, but I do like... Dale, what is it? Dale Evans McGillicuddy. I really like that character.
1: Yeah, a lot. Um, I I do kind of dig how the uh, the turtles are drawn Oh, in the very first panel, uh, you see uh, Donald Duck on a lamp.
0: Very first panel of. Oh yeah, I see it. Okay, cool.
1: And, cool. Uh, I mean, I think that's about it. Like, I just I kind of dig how the turtles are drawn. Um, art's yeah, not bad in this one. There's a weird splash page where you see like the um, when broadcast would go off the air, you'd see this like static image. And then you see this like X-ray image of one of the turtles, and, like their bones are breaking and all this other stuff. It's just weird. Like,
0: like the, old, the last thing that I have to say is y- you're a kid, not you, but. Did like the royal you? You're a kid in 1988, right? And you're you're at the comic shop, and you're like, "Ooh, Ninja Turtles! What's that about?" And this is the first issue of Ninja Turtles that you read. Oof. Like, what does that leave you with? Like, what?
1: never pick up another book again.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a to like for this to be the flab, the, the flab, the, the, the flagship Ninja Turtles comic book. This is, it's so bizarre that this even exists, especially in, as the flagship book, I guess with that said, let's go ahead and jump to 23, unless you have anything else. No, that's that will do it. Okay. 23. Uh, this is the, the end of the Mark Martin trilogy. Uh, this is the, the third book, uh, that Mark Martin did in the, the volume one run. And it starts off with a three page rundown of everything that's happened so far. Everything from the story about McGillicuddy's parents to the trip to the prehistoric homo habilis times, all the way down to the turtles being mutated back to uh, baby turtles at the end of the last book. So after the long expl- explanation as to what's happening, uh, we we pick up the McGillicuddy story. Uh, she's approached by what we're what looks like it's called like a character who looks like they're named the Fanny Whacker, Oof. which is clearly a Punisher reference.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the 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 insignia on his chest, I just noticed this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just big butt Benzo Yeah, over. being it's a it's a big fanny being whacked. Oh God.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's real, real dumb. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so it, McGillicuddy and the fanny whacker devise this plan to go back in time. Well, we learn that the fanny whacker is depressed because he feels like he's a person out, like a like a character out of time, like he longs for the version of earth where things are bad so he can fight crime and be a, be a, be a, like a really mean punisher, like superhero. And ever since McGillicuddy went back in time and made humans, uh, weaklings, he doesn't have anything to do. Yeah. So their plan is to both of them go back in time with the very rapidly deteriorating time machine and, re-traumatize the Homo habilis that was untraumatized in the last book. Yeah. We also find out that that is why the turtles were demutated. It's because the evolution of humanity, like the way it happened, this time when it happened, it didn't include them being mutated. So that explains that. Uh, Once they go back in time and bother the the Homo habilis again, which when he po when when the fanny whacker sticks his head out of the 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 time machine and just yells, "Why aren't you in school?" I laughed out loud yeah. because that's exactly what he asked uh, McGillicuddy at the beginning of the book, and that that's just kind of his M.O. It's so funny. Yeah. He wrecks all the 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 pleasantries and leaves them l- leaves the Homo habilis uh, in fear. They both go back to the future and find that all of their their their, their work was successful. We also find out that the fanny whacker is the gnat rat, which sure. yeah, which is apparently a uh like that's a. That's a Mark Martin character like that. That's who he's famous for is the Nat Rat. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the turtles grow again. The, the, the Nat Rat, for some reason, approaches Splinter at their house. And the, the Nat Rat needs to be five years in the future. I honestly can't even remember why he needs to be five years in the future. Do you remember? No. Seven was, years. Seven uh-huh. years. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, this, this book was just so hard to follow. It's Yeah, it's real hard to follow. So, Splinter and the Nat Rat create this this plan to get local superhero, the Supper Man, to eat so much that he almost passes out. Which, then, the, the Nat Rat would do the Vulcan mind meld on him. And both of them would wake up in 1995, seven years later. It didn't happen that way. Instead, Supperman burped so loud after eating so much pizza that he knocked the gnat rat around the world s- like so many times that he time traveled to the year 1995 very reminiscent of what Superman movie was that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But he turned but, back time instead of right. He Yeah. But he, he of course goes forward in time. Right. The last, the last
0: scene is Dale Evans, McGillicuddy finally living a normal life. <sighs> I like this was the point at, during the reading of all of this that I was like, I think we made a mistake. <laughs> Because I'm ex, I was exhausted after reading all, reading through these. We, and this cover. is halfway. This is only halfway. We, yeah,
1: we got to cover everything. Um, I, I like Mark Martin, Mark,
0: Mark Martin's work. This one is a little too off the rails for me to really get behind. Yeah, compared to the the, the previous two, and yet again, a story the turtles are barely in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the the shoehorn joke in this with uh with splinter is really a joke in, in that sho- splinter is being shoehorned into the story because this is about the net rat. This is this is not a ninja turtles story. Yeah. What'd
1: you think? Oh god. <laughs> I I would say next mutation bad. Oh, ouch. Like, I mean, the art the art is great and then I like McGillicuddy but there's just god like again all the drugs all of the drugs um probably one of my favorite parts uh, is when you do see the baby turtles they're like we got to get out of here she's coming back they're going to call me she's going to call me cute again and i just can't take it and they're in an aquarium with a with the with a castle and they're you know they're trying to escape it's, that i really liked mhm um and, um, and then eventually a little bit later on, uh, you see Splinter He's like, I got to concentrate. He's getting ready to watch speed racer. Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not? And then there's a Voltron VHS tape. There's a, oh, oh snap. There's an Astro boy. There's a Macross or as us fans know it, um, from Saturday morning would be Robo, what they turned into Robotech. And then I can't make out the other thing. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, so some plugs there. And then for some reason, Splinter has a giant cannon like Mm -hmm. Wally Coyote. Why not? Yeah. Uh,
0: let's, let's just move on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for the best. It's, it holds a, a weird place in, in my, my turtle loving heart that these things exist. But I uh, don't
1: read them. You just Let save nobody, yourself some time. Nobody read them. Just don't do it. You could read the the Mike Dooney one. That one's fine. The People's Choice. That one's fine. It's fine. It's like fine. it's not amazing, but it's fine.
0: Um, uh, I guess not amazing, but fine. Uh, is is really how I would describe the next set of books. <laughs> uh, and and they are the, the River Trilogy. By Rick, or is it Rick Veich? Veitch?
1: Veitch, 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 V E I T C H. Veitch. Veitch. Definitely better than the previous books. Yes, it is that. Um, we do get the
0: turtles in this one a good bit. This one is about Ninja Turtles, which yeah. you know that's that's a, a pleasant, pleasant change. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm going to try to run through this one real quick, because this this one has significantly less story uh, and significantly more turtles. Uh, the turtles are trying to uh, be disciplined with their master, Master Splinter, of course, uh, in what looks to be Northampton. Yes, it is Northampton. So this takes place during the Northampton arc, despite being printed, uh, despite being published after it. I think that's what we're led to believe. Mm-hmm uh Raphael has trouble concentrating like his brothers do uh, like his brothers un- unlike his brothers and he ends up having them chase chase him through the woods and down down the river and they find a a uh, a leech uh the leech you know sucks on some of uh Raphael's blood uh it doesn't seem like a big deal he's just going hey gross it's a leech well very shortly after this leech sucks some of Raphael's blood, uh, Raphael starts to feel bad, like feel sick, feel like just just not himself. As time passes, uh, two or two or three days later, uh, it's it's clear that something is very wrong with Raphael. They they go back, they, they go back to the river and they see another turtle. They see like a, a turtle just hanging out in, in, in the water and that turtle gets attacked by a leech, a very, very large leech. Mm-hmm. And the 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 three turtles that have their you know their brain together, they're like that 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 can't be a coincidence, right? So they devise this plan to uh, to beat this leech, and it involves Raphael letting the leech jump on his shell, thinking it wasn't it, there's no way it could hurt him. Well, when the other turtles come back to him for their plan, uh, the leech has grown even more. Raphael is passed out and the 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 the, 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 the leech is almost is basically walking on two legs now. Oh, what do I do? Oh, Raphael or not Raphael. Leonardo chops the leech into pieces uh, because of what it you know, what he did to his bro- what they did to his brother. And Raphael is clearly getting worse. Uh, after a few more days, he reverts to a childlike turtle. He then starts getting smaller, becoming more diminutive. Uh, he has no—he's he, losing his speech function. He's losing his motor function. He's devolving. He's—he's—he's he's, he's demutating, and now he's—he's he's walking back on all fours. Clearly, something's very not right. Uh, Splinter, April, Casey, and the three turtles return to the spot where leonardo chopped up the leech to see if they can learn anything cuz it's it, it's clear the leech is w- the reason this happened and they find that the leech is now sentient and walking around as a what are they called a a game warden yeah and has and has stolen this a game warden suit and killed the game warden uh the three turtles have vowed to fix things And they head up the river looking for the game warden and a way to bring their brother back from being demutated. It's a this story is a welcomed return to some normalcy. Yeah, to say the least. What do you think this is? Oh, by the way, this is one of three books. Yeah. This this story is three books long. What do you think?
1: I mean, this, you know, this feels like it could be just like a normal story. Um, and we get a weird freaking like, you know, mutant monster, which is, you know, it's always nice to see, you know, monsters in turtle stories.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the the first, the first shot of the, the game warden with the, the, with his thumb up and the little like tendrils coming off his thumb. like that. So creepy. So creepy looking. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over overall, I dig it. Like I I I, I dig where the story's going. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being honest, the dialogue in this book is atrocious.
1: There's mm-hmm. quite a lot
0: of it. There's a lot of it, and nobody talks like that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not consistent with how the turtles have been written before. It's very. It, it almost part of it feels, and this is going to sound real mean. Part of it feels like whoever wrote the dialogue their second language is English Mm. because it like it gets the point across. Like, it's not like it's confusing. It's just clumsily written. Right. I mean, I I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. And I know that's going to, as I said, that sounds very, very mean, but I don't mean it that mean. I just, I just want to kind of get across that. It's not
1: written well. It's not really like, you know, consistent with, with how the other stuff has been written yeah uh and and this first book is
0: is way is way worse than the the, the two follow-ups the, the 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 second two are are, are written much much better like dialogue wise um i just feel it had to had to be said um what else you got that's it okay well let's jump let's jump directly into the second chapter uh this one is called river Hymn. uh it's the river part two uh, still story and art by Rick, Rick, Rick Veitch, Veitch. I'm just, just going to say Veitch. Uh, the Turtles have worked their way upstream uh, to try to find out what's going on. They make it to a town. Uh, in the town, there's children who are just kind of exploring as children do. Yeah. And they find like carvings on, on a wall outside of a drainage ditch and they come across the, the leech uh, game warden and he immediately tries to kidnap them because what do leeches eat? Blood. People,
1: people blood. He, you know, he was just—he's out having—he needs breakfast, man. And what yeah, better breakfast than what's right there? Yeah. Some people think murder. Other people just think breakfast. I mean, breakfast
0: murder. Breakfast, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: uh, <laughs> it turned Steve into some bacon. Murder is on the menu. Uh, the the, the turtles conveniently stumble across. This, this entire interaction happening where the where the kids are, you know, where he's trying to kidnap a kid and the, the turtles throw a shuriken and they're like, we're going to get you one way or another, dead or alive, blah, 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 blah. They're, they they don't even know how they're going to get the mutagen out of this leech's body. They just are there to stop him from what, what he's doing. Which
1: is weird because wasn't he, you know, he, he, he got chopped up. Like, how did he... He
0: reconstituted himself. Oh, of course. Yeah, because that's what mutants do with instant reconstitution. Yes. Um, April and Casey are on. Are they? They followed the turtles up upriver via um a road in a car, and they bring for some reason they bring Raphael with them. Like I I have so many issues with this this Casey April story, but we're Mm -hmm. not gonna. We're not gonna talk about those right now. Uh, they get pulled over for speeding, and uh, they get arrested because Casey has a hockey mask. Uh, they're thrown in jail when they get in jail. Uh, who's there with them but the three kids. The three kids were arrested because they were hanging out in an area of uh, of of town that they shouldn't have been. One that leads to a secret underground, ancient Indian like like evidence of an old civilization that I, I guess we're not getting to yet. Uh, let's see. April is taken to jail. Casey is not. He jumps off the side of a bridge uh, and tries to swim to safety. Butch Cassidy in the Sundance Kid style. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a that's a reference people get. And Ash, gotta, he's, he's rescued by some Native American guy that is unnamed right now. He also picks up the baby Raphael. He looks like Turok.
1: Turok? Yeah, yeah the, the dinosaur hunter. Oh my god. <sighs> hey, people play Nintendo 64, dang it. They did 25 years ago. It actually has been re-released for Switch, so,
0: meh. Yeah. Alright, fine. Uh, We There's then find cool out that... My <laughs> we then find out that Booter... Booter? Booter? booter the, the, basically, the the... the the big man in town has been hiding the fact that the town is built on what is basically an Indian burial ground. This guy, Booter's ancestors, uh, came to this land to basically take it over and use the river to power their machines and to make them money. And it, that family has been doing it ever since they've settled the area and basically stole the land from the natives. Yeah. The, the, the Native American guy that found Casey his I guess his life journey is to protect the sacred lands underneath the city. The turtles meet up with him and find out that they have that he has Casey and Raphael and he tells them that he knows someone who can help with the situation with Raphael booter and his corrupt police department realize that the turtles are in the underground city with the native American guy And for some reason, they show up with rock salt guns to shoot at them. And a gunfight ensues. The Turtles attack. They win. There's a flood. Oh, it gets real messy around here. It's real messy. Toxic waste flood. Yeah, there's the toxic waste flood uh, from under the city, which is where Booter's company had been dumping all of their stuff after the regulations came in. The the, the the kids get out of jail. Th- this book ends with Booter and his men uh, outed as the, the bad guys in town. And the turtles and the leech both heading to the ancient spirit of the river uh, for the climactic finale of the trilogy. If I'm being honest... There's like six pages in this book that actually matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of the booter stuff is complete trash and doesn't need to be there at all.
1: It's really wordy. Like, there's a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. He packs so much story into this book, and it's so unnecessary. Like, it's so unnecessary. You know, I, 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 I don't like to critique stories that. Or I I don't like to critique stories for what they're not. Like, I don't want to say, well, he should have done it this way, or he should have done it this way, or he really would have been better had he done this. Like, that's not what I want to do. I want to critique a story based on what it is. And what it is is wordy with a lot of uh, just unnecessary aspects that have nothing to do with the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. At the core, I feel like the middle chapter here is could have been in the first book or could have been in the in the third book.
1: Mm-hmm. Like there was no
0: need for this to be three
1: books. What what do you think? I I agree. I mean there's just there's there's so much going on, but there's like so much fat that could have trimmed from this beefy brisket. Uh-huh. Um you know, um I mean, overall it's it's not a it's not a it's not a bad story it's just there's 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 just a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm kind of digging the leech monster dude. Bloodsucker. Yeah. Um you know, it it it's it's fine.
0: It yes, that's the the sad part is there's so much promise in this story and it just ends up being fine. Yeah. Um, let's jump to the third one because that's what's next. So both bloodsucker and the turtles are approaching the, the, the spirit of the river. Uh, they're being guided by the, the native American guy who has a name. What's his name? Anuk. Yeah. Does that that sound right? abanook mm. Abanuk. Abanuk. Abanak. Sorry. Abanak. Uh, and and, and they're, they're they're going up the river and the the river is allowing them to travel it upstream by them riding on fish, which is really cool. Like the fish yeah. have their own, you know, it's like a mind of their own that's carrying them. It feels it feels really video gamey. Like I want to play a video game where I'm carried by fish, like yeah. an Aquaman thing or something. Yeah, uh, they get all the way up the river and meet this old man, uh, this old man. Uh, who knows a- Abenak? Uh, basically reveals that he feels everything that goes up and down the river. He's one with the beings. He's one with the fish. He's one with the leeches. He's one with everything.
1: Very, It feels very Native American folklore. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh,
0: until you find out he's a bad guy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it takes a real real hard turn right in the middle, which is really the highlight of this entire trilogy. You find out that the the spirit of the the river sensed when the leech sucked Raphael's blood that there was something in the blood he could use. And from there, basically sent Bloodsucker to go get it, almost Terminator-like. And that's when, when they, when they meet the, you know, the, the spirit guy, Abenak is like, what, what, what do you mean? They're like, I thought you were a good guy, you know, I, I've, I've, I've dedicated my life to protecting your lands and you're this greedy guy who just wants power, just like the humans that I'm protecting the, you know, the, the river from, which was like a really cool parallel. Yeah. uh. And the reason the River Guy allowed them to get there is because he wanted the mutagen that was in the other turtles. It was it was completely greed driven, which is really really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Bloodsucker starts to do that. He grabs all three turtles and just starts leeching, <laughs> leeching the, uh, the the mutagen out of their blood. Uh, but Abenak attacks. Uh, the turtles uh, seem like they're screwed. A bunch of side characters do some stuff that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> R- 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 Raphael bites the leech and sucks his blood back and then emerges from a waterfall as Raphael again. Is that what he does? Is that what happens?
1: Yeah, basically. Okay, wait. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. Do you talk about the fact that, that the leech is like, Looks like freaking Incredible Hulk slash Cthulhu. Yeah, like like the leech, looks very different
0: from book to book. This one, he is jacked, man. Yeah, all the steroids. Uh, yeah. Now, mind you, d- during this entire trilogy, they've been showing Splinter meditating and and you know, basically checking up on his kids in in their little adventure, and at this point in the story. Splinter is so into his meditation that he's like sending energy through the uh through the cosmos to help his kids. It, at least that's how I uh interpreted it. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, he ends up punching the Native American guy, not the Native American guy, the 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 spirit of the river, and causing him
1: to deage age. He hits him with a mind fist. A mind fist. Yeah, a mind fist. <laughs> We're not making this up,
0: folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ba- basically, knocking him off of his his cosmic energy, a- and and he just starts to decay. Uh. Well, no, he he de ages. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, he 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 turns back into a baby, into
1: a baby. Be a baby now uh the the, the turtles, which is fu- very fitting considering what happened to raphael right yeah
0: yeah uh the turtles fight bloodsucker uh in a really really well drawn waterfall scene yeah. just stunning p- panels there um uh, you see that that bloodsucker gets bitten by the, a baby turtle of course it's raphael uh when we believe the turtles are, are, are might lose and you know they're they're on on their their last leg, there's about to be a giant fight between the three remaining turtles and Bloodsucker. But Raphael jumps out of the water and bites Bloodsucker's neck and just starts sucking his blood back. Vampire style. It's vampire style. They both fall into the water and Raphael emerges, remutated at full strength. Because that makes sense. Yeah. And he throws the leech, the leech, which is a baby now, like a regular sized leech, into the water, basically saying it's not his fault. He was being driven by the 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 the, the spirit of the river. And that's pretty much the outcome.
1: Yeah. And like, now, what is it? Anook.
0: An 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 an, anabic? an anabic.
1: He is now. Anabak. Anabak. Yeah. He is now. Anabak the head river dude.
0: Yes, he he has inherited the the river's the riverman's powers. So he's able to to make the turtles ride fish back downstream. And then the leech eats the embryo of the previous riverman. Mhm. Because he's de-aged to the point that he is an embryo. Yeah. It's okay. All right. All right. All right. So so let's digest all three of these books at once. I really, really like the overarching story that this dude is telling. Agreed. Like a lot. A whole bunch. The execution is so sloppy and mm-hmm. so long-winded that it's an exhausting read mm-hmm. that I, I think could be rewritten or adapted in a way
1: that it could be really exciting. I mean, this could have been a great like, 2K3 like three-parter. If executed correctly. Two-parter. Let's do a two-parter, yeah, two-parter. Because it's already a three-parter and it's too long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a plausible story. Of course, you couldn't have, you couldn't see, you know, Raphael, you know, biting him and blood coming out. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, you could if it was green, maybe.
0: Maybe, if he was only sucking the um, mutagen out.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's okay to show green blood, not red.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 weird but it's not like off the rails weird and it feels like something that could fit in the continuity of the Mirage universe. Yeah. For the most part. Mhm. Um
1: what do you think of the 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 Native American aspects of of the story? I liked it. I think it was uh, you know, it's we don't get to see a lot of um you know, different types of di- diversification in these. And it's not for any, you know, lack of, not that they're important, not important, um, but it, you know, it's just like, you just go with what you know, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the storytelling. Um, But I, uh, I wasn't expecting this. And I was like, so I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised with it. So I, I, I kind of dug it in the, you know, when the guy meets, when he meets the turtles, it's like, oh, hey, it's turtle people. Sure why not. Let's just go with it. You know. Um you know, and there's some more conservation stuff going on, you know, in this. Yeah. Yep. Um but no, I liked it. I I would like to see more of this character. Um ho oh, ho Jeff, you're oh. leaning you're leaning right into
0: my uh my transition. Congratulations. Ooh. Oh, thank you.
1: Uh, you're not getting any of that. Oh, okay.
0: Well, there's, there's, do you know why?
1: <laughs> he I? Oh, wait. Because no. none of this is canon. Well,
0: yeah, right. It's 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 not canon, but that's not why. Okay. This this story, like as I said earlier in the cast, early on in the Mirage Run, the Peter and p- 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 Peter and Kevin were very into creators' rights, and they allowed the, their the third-party creators to re- main to retain the rights of the stories they wrote in Volume One. Rick Rick Veitch was is really into creators' rights and never signed his rights over to anyone. Ooh. Peter never got these rights from him. Mirage never got it, and consequently, Nickelodeon doesn't own this story. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's never been printed. Other than the original printings. And there are no signs of that changing. Well, until the inevitable. No, it's it's, what what, when he dies. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. But like the, the Kevin and Peter were seen as as, you know, pillars of that movement until they weren't right when they started buying up all of the stories that they had allowed to be printed without them taking, you know, without re- them retaining the rights, they were immediately seen as they were blacklisted from that community. It's like, Oh, Hey, we thought you guys were cool, but no, now you're just trying to buy up all this stuff that belongs to us.
1: Yeah.
0: And Rick Veitch was like, nah, brah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to buy this story from me. And he's maintained that ex that exact mindset ever since. Wow. So bloodsucker can't be used in anything else. Well, uh, that uh, makes total uh, sense. Abenak or whatever his name is can't be used yeah. in anything else. Uh, this story can't be used. This is that's why it wasn't adapted for 2K3. Like th- this story is is unique in that it exists on it on its own, and there's no path to it being reprinted anywhere else. Well, or adapted anywhere else. Makes total sense. Yeah, because not only not only can Nickelodeon not do anything with it, but neither can Rich Rick Veitch. Because to do so, he would have to ask for Nickelodeon's permission to use the Turtles again. Hmm. So it's just kind of gone. Like it's, it's you either own these or you don't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a weird, weird tale of late '80s indie comics. Uh, we're on the home stretch, Jeff. All right, home stretch, and. The next book that we have, assuming you're ready to jump to the next book. I'm ready. The next book we have is book number 27. Uh, this one is called Dreams of Stone, uh, another book by Michael Dooney. I'm and, happy. Yes, yes. And you can tell it's Michael Dooney by the cover because it it is Michael Dooney looking. Oh, man. I, just, um, I love it. What's What's really odd is, is the, the front piece here is written by Michael Dooney, and it explains that this story had been in in development for quite a while prior to its being being printed, and it just happened to be printed after the River Trilogy, Mm -hmm. which was about Native Americans' uh, attachment to the land. Mm -hmm. And then this one is also kind of about Native American attachments to land. Yeah. So it, he was like, hey, I know that it's weird. that This is back to back. It's not our purpose. Just take it for what it is. It, it, it was a really good explanation. It wasn't necessary, but it's cool to know that they weren't. That they weren't oblivious to it. Right. Uh, this is another tale of complete carnage and radical. Now,
1: correct me if I'm wrong, but. You're wasn't... wrong, Jeff. Oh, shut up. I'm kidding. <laughs> wasn't this in an episode of 2k3
0: we've met complete carnage before and radical before uh and in short they're they're basically just two entities that are like their sole purpose in in their existence is to come combat each other and that's pretty much carried into this story uh there's not much story here there's a lot of Background story: We, we they explain uh, who Radical is. You know, she's the do- she's the granddaughter of a, uh, of a of a of a uh, a Native American chief that you know is is one with the land. And complete carnage is a is is a person from Radical's past who was pestering a, a, a like an animal, and Radical stopped him. And she just knows that that's carnage now. Like, we we don't really get much more of an explanation than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but w- we basically learned that Radical gets her powers from nature, and Complete Carnage gets his powers from man-made objects. So when they're fighting in, say, downtown, Carnage has pl- get plenty of stuff to pull from, gain power from, and attack with. When he's out in nature, he's weakened. And vice versa. It's 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 very much a yin, a yin and yang situation. Yeah. And just like every comic book, a fight breaks out between the two and Carnage is trying complete Carnage is trying to find man-made objects to uh to to to, to you know source his power from. He's just beating the crap out of the turtles there for a while. Uh Radical steps in, they're fighting. Ultimately, complete carnage picks up radical they he, and finds a, a road and dives into the concrete like into it literally uh, uh, what what's that X-Men that is able to phase through stuff? Kitty Pride. yeah, yeah, just just falls into the the road like Kitty Pride. He is not radical ends up turning the road into water and the road disappears. and so does complete carnage yeah because he has no he has no source of power now that doesn't mean he's defeated defeated it's just it just means that this battle is over because th- they they symbolize the eternal fight between you know man and nature yeah. so I, I, the the idea is this battle will, this battle will continue until the end of humanity mm-hmm. and beyond um it's 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 a, it's a real high concept Concept, I guess, would be the way to put it. Mm -hmm. I really like Complete Carnage and Radical as characters. I don't think we've gotten a story good enough to justify it, though. Mm -hmm. Like, this one's not bad. I just don't know what they're trying to do with it. There's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. Break it down for me, Jeff. Give
1: me your thoughts. Well, um... Oh, man. They they tried to to just really pack in a lot of story in this, what, how many pages? 43 pages? 35-ish?
0: 36, if you're just going by the story pages.
1: Yeah. I mean, I always like the concept of seeing other, other heroes, other superheroes, other villains in the Turtles universe. You know, I like to see that, you know, that those characters exist. You know, just to know that they're not, you know, the only characters in that universe. You know, besides, oh, just fighting ninjas all the time. Again, I just, I I love Dooney's art through this. Like, we get some, you know, he likes, he likes the ladies. And he, he likes drawing the ladies, yeah. Radical, extremely well. What's really weird, if you don't notice and you look in black and white, she looks naked. Yeah, she does. I don't know. This one, this one's kind of a mess. Kind of uh, a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like it, again, it's it's high concept, and yeah. the execution just
1: isn't there. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, I, it, I enjoyed it. You know, for what it is. Yeah. 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 Because I just I I do like those characters. Um. Yeah. And and yet again yet again another
0: story where the turtles are inconsequential. Yeah. Like, why are the turtles even here? I feel like all of these writers for all of the stories we've read so far don't actually want to write Ninja Turtle stories. That's kind of how it feels a bit. Yeah, because because they're just they're 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 just pawns in other people's stories at this point, and we have seen zero character development. The only sliver of character development we've seen so far is Raphael having to deal with hey. I was mutated. And actually we haven't even seen that yet cuz we haven't gotten to that book.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. No character development for the turtles whatsoever. Um unless you have anything else, I'm going to go ahead and jump to this last book so we can wrap this up.
1: Um let's see in the very first panel. It's a small nugget. Um and you're going to you're going to pick on me this too for this too, but there's a poster of uh, one of the first cartoon characters, Betty Boop. Mm-hmm. Betty, yeah, that's that's like
0: that's an old old pull, but yeah, Betty Boop is popular. Like she's recognizable. Well, um, this last book, again, I've said a high concept a few times, and I'm I'm not I'm not gonna take that back, but I also kind of have to apply that phrasing to this book as well because this the, the next and the last book that we're, we read was Sons of the Silent Age, which is issue 28. Uh, and the, the way the credits are, are written, it's supposedly by April O'Neill, because we know that she writes a lot of stuff, uh, as told to Stephen Murphy and Jim Lawson. So we're supposed to believe that this is from April's perspective. Yeah. Um, even though there's scenes where April is not even in them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it Yeah. It's, it's odd. Um, it opens up with Raphael having to deal with what he's, what he, what happened in the river. And this actually, it says in the opening credits that it's based on the events of 19 through 21, which is city war and 24 through 26, which is the river. Mm-hmm. Um, he's being real emo, and his turtles are trying to come. His 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 brothers are and, and Casey are trying to comfort him. Uh, they don't really understand what he's going through because he's the only one who went through it. Um, Leonardo kind of understood what he what he went through because of what happened. Uh, at the when, because of what happened when he had when he decapitated the second shredder. Um. This book really, yeah, just flipping through it, nothing is really happening. Yeah. Like, not, not much at all. It's, it's more of a reflection of, of, of what they've been through uh, until about halfway through. About halfway through, they meet this mutant creature uh, that is supposedly mutated by a nearby power plant, right? Uh, the creature crawls up onto the land and is dying. Uh, she lays there and dies. They don't know why. They don't know what happened. They just know that she's not breathing and she's dying. Very shortly after that. uh, Now, this is when I say they, I mean the four turtles, Casey and April. Very shortly after that, four of her, her same species pop out of the water and see that freaking Hulk, uh, more like the creature from the black lagoon
1: on all the steroids.
0: Yeah, on steroids. They're clearly very upset because a, the lady is dying. Um, so they attack who they believe hurt her, which is the turtles, and a fight breaks out. Underwater. Un, yeah, underwater. Uh, let's see. There's during and during and after the fight, April comes to the conclusion that like the, these beings are endangered. They're like the reason the death of this character is so important to these other four is because she's female and she's the last female of their species mm-hmm. and now she's dead and there's only four left all of them male and they're the last of their kind and the 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 parallel they try to draw at the end of this is that there's four of those things for those Black Lagoon looking creatures and four turtles, you know, like, they, 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 I feel like when they wrote that they thought it was supposed to be impactful. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it is. You know, there's four. Well, let's see, it's over. The last four males of their species, the only four of their species, just like, and then there's, you know, the four turtles. And I'm just like, this is apples and oranges, man. Yeah. You know that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's a there's a moment of sadness. Then there's some birds. Then there's a <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the, then there's a there's an advertisement for endangered turtles. Now Stephen Murphy, he's actually Dean Claren, who wrote the Archie series. Oh snap! Yeah. So. Oh. The conservation aspect of this issue and the majority of the Archie run is understandable. Like, it, there's, there's a reason these have the same vibe. Mm-hmm. I don't hate this book. I just feel like it's up its own butt so far that it's hard to even take it seriously.
1: I could get on board
0: with that. Like, it really, really, really wants you to feel bad and it really wants you to feel like this is some indie movie from 1993 starring uh the, the, what's his name Ethan Hawke uh Ethan Hawke yeah like the, this the, the it, it, it's almost like if there was a an Oscars for indie comic books in the late 80s early 90s this one would be shooting for book of the year or something just m- melodramatic for melodramatic sake and ultimately there's not anything of substance in
1: the book yeah what are your thoughts i really don't have any how can i follow that (laughs) how you you put it perfectly although i will point out you know at the end of the book they've got the whole you know help endangered animals thing and it talks about like the regulation requiring turtle extruder devices, and like, so does that make it a TED talk? Yeah, this whole book is a TED talk. Yeah, before TED talk was real. Yeah. Like there's
0: like there are nuggets of goodness that could have made this story great. Yeah. Like there was something that could have been done with this other species. There's something that could have been done for us to actually care, but. Yeah they dedicated less than half the book to that story to that aspect of the story so i i got nothing for this book so, and the odd thing is is this book was adapted for 2K3 yeah and i and i don't remember the episode very well i i want to say that they did a better adaptation of the of the story than the original book was of itself mm-hmm but I'll have to watch the episode to know.
1: It seemed very familiar. Again, it's probably like a season four thing. It is. It is. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I have, whatever,
0: it's fine, whatever. <laughs> Good try. Like... C-plus for effort? Sure. Which is, all of these books are C-plus for effort. Like, none of them are amazing, and none of them are, well, a couple of them are just hot garbage. But... None of them are memorable enough for us to have spent this much time talking about them. If I had to pick, I would pick the two Mike Dooney ones. If I had to pick, I would pick the Mark Martin ones, because at least those are weird. Yeah. Like, at least those are hyper weird and kind of stand out like a sore thumb. The Michael Dooney ones look good, but are boring. Eh, I'm kind of partial, but that's just me. Yeah, I know, I know, and you're allowed to be, you know. It's. I respect what they try to do, letting people come in and and take over their book. Like it's it's a it's it's a ballsy move. It's a it's an audacious move. I feel like, without the editorial oversight that you would find somewhere like IDW or DC or or Marvel, just letting artists come in and do whatever they want, gets you a bunch of stories that. Weren't good enough for them to publish in their own books. Yeah. Where the Turtles are secondary characters. In stories that don't. Help your characters out at all. And. At the very end of the. At the end of the day. They're just a book on a comic book shelf. So the comic shop can say yeah I've got Turtles. And that does nobody any favors.
1: Yeah. I wonder how many people brought them back. <laughs> There's no. I "I I didn't didn't like any of that. You know. (laughs) I don't know, man. Like I would search out the Denny ones, and that'd be about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And as I said, like there's an argument that that about half of these are canon or could be canon, but who would really want that? Like, yeah. It's like okay, fine. A completionist like yourself? No, no. I will. I will probably own these. But you at don't no have point, of, oh yeah, of course I have them. I probably have them in tri- triplicate. But I'm not going to go out and say, "Hey, check out Sons of the Silent Age. It's going to blow your mind, man." Yeah. No, that's not going to happen.
1: <sighs>
0: well, Jeff, that that does it. I, I, I promise you, we will have better stuff to talk about next time.
1: Look, this is this is this is what we have to do. We have yeah. to report on the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ha ha. Um, so, I mean, that's 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 what comes with the territory. I mean, it's it's fine. It, of course. It,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like this is really the first group of comics that we've read that have just been abysmal for the most yeah. part. Like it, typically the comics, we're always talking about how great they are. So it it, it was it, we were bound to get there. Right. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what we're talking about next time?
1: Uh I do not. We're talking about Nickelodeon.
0: We're talking about the two the two K twelve series? Is that the year it year what came out? Yeah. The the Nickelodeon series, season two, part one. Ooh, and that covers Uh episodes one through thirteen. Four, fourteen. Ooh, there's a fourteen? There's a lot of episodes. If you want to follow along with this next time,
1: watch those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Jeff. Where can we find you? As always, Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade, um, Brandon Mississippi's uh, local premier arcade. Uh, we specialize in interesting and unique games uh, for people to play. Um, we love retro, so we've got Neo Geo, uh, that's King of Fighters, Metal Slug, Wind Jammers, all those just fantastic um, uh, old school games. Uh, we also have a smattering of, you know, uh, newer stuff uh, to em- enjoy. We do tournaments, birthday parties, um, and and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, uh, please check us out on Facebook. Um, we post stuff from here, you know, here and there. And uh, once all this uh, nonsense just kind of blows over, we'd love to uh, have you come out and join us. Fantastic. Now, where can we find you, Sergio.
0: Uh, you can find me on the Shellheads podcast. No, no, no. You can find me on realitybreach.com. Wait, well, I, we, we've been lied to this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Realitybreach.com or on uh, any of the socials as- associated with Shellheads. Uh, be sure to follow Shellheads on <clears throat> Facebook and Instagram. I have been posting stuff to Instagram. I don't know if you've noticed that, Jeff.
1: Yeah.
0: Been a little more yeah. active, eh? No, but you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram for Reality Breached. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, the handle there is at Reality Breached on both of those. Uh, the Shellheads on uh, Instagram is Shellheads Podcast, because I think Shellheads was taken already. Bummer. Yeah. Um, otherwise, tune in to my new favorite thing to do on Reality Breached, and that is Debriefing and Cocktails, which is a 007 podcast that I do with Reed Walker. Uh, we're burning through all of the 007 movies, that's James Bond movies, uh, in preparations for No Time to Die. So check that out over on its own feed at realitybreach.com. That's all I got. I'm Sergio. <laughs> no, no, Jeff, no, no, no. <laughs> well, tune in next time. I'm Jeff. I'm Sergio. And we're head chills. <laughs> <laughs>